Hello, friends. Welcome back to Bible in the Year with Pastor Steve. It is the start of a brand new week. If you've been with us since the first of the year, we have completed three weeks together. You are well on your way to forming a new godly habit, so good job with that. If you are joining us for the first time and you need a printout of the Bible in the Year reading plan, you can go to emmanuelmelbourne.org backslash B-I-Y, and you can download it there. You could also find on that same page a link to the Facebook page that you can click and join the group so that you can continue the conversation of the Bible in the Year reading plan. If you've got questions or you just want to share some insights, that's a great way to do so for the sake of the community. It's also a good place where we can encourage and pray for one another, so please join us on the Facebook page as well. Well, today we'll be reading through Exodus chapters 12 through 14. You'll be reading as well Psalm 16 and Proverb 16. Without further ado, let us jump right into God's Word. Exodus chapter 12. Yahweh spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be to you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too little for a lamb, then he and his neighbor next to his house shall take one according to the number of the souls. You shall make your count for the lamb according to what everyone can eat. Your lamb shall be without defect, a male, a year old. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at evening." They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel, on the houses in which they shall eat. They shall eat the meat in that night, roasted with fire, with unleavened bread. They shall eat it with bitter herbs. Don't eat it raw, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted with fire, with its head, its legs, and its inner parts. You shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, but that which remains of it until the morning you shall burn with fire." This is how you shall eat it, with your belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is Yahweh's Passover. For I will go through the land of Egypt in that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and animal. I will execute judgments against all the gods of Egypt. I am Yahweh. The blood shall be to you for a token on the houses where you are. When I see the blood... I will pass over you, and no plague will be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a memorial to you. You shall keep it as a feast to Yahweh. You shall keep it as a feast throughout your generations by an ordinance forever. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread. Even the first day you shall put away yeast out of your houses. For whoever eats leavened bread from the first day until the seventh day, that soul shall be cut off from Israel. In the first day that there shall be to you a holy convocation, and in the seventh day a holy convocation. No kind of work shall be done in them, except that which every man must eat, only that may be done by you. 
You shall observe the feast of unleavened bread, for in the same day I have brought your armies out of the land of Egypt. Therefore you shall observe this day throughout your generations by an ordinance forever. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month at evening, you shall eat unleavened bread, until the twenty-first day of the month at evening. There shall be no yeast found in your houses for seven days. For whoever eats that which is leavened, that soul shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he is a foreigner or one who is born in the land, you shall eat nothing leavened, and all your habitations you shall eat unleavened bread. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Draw out and take lambs according to your families and kill the Passover. You shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike the lintel on the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of this house until morning. For Yahweh will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, Yahweh will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to take you. You shall observe this thing for an ordinance to you and to your sons forever. It shall happen when you have come to the land which Yahweh will give you, as he has promised, that you shall keep this service. It will happen when your children ask you, What do you mean by this service that you shall say? It is the sacrifice of Yahweh's Passover, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of livestock. Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and his servants, and all the Egyptians, and there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. He called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up! Get out from among my people, both you and your children of Israel, and go serve Yahweh as you have said. Take both your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. The Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste, for they said, We are all dead men. The people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes on the shoulders. The children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they asked of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and clothing. Yahweh gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. They plundered the Egyptians. The children of Israel traveled from Ramses to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot, who were men in addition to children. A mixed multitude went up also with them, with flocks, herds, and even much livestock. They baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt, for it wasn't leavened, because they were thrust out of Egypt and couldn't wait, and they had not prepared any food for themselves. Now the time that the children of Israel lived in Egypt was about 430 years. At the end of 430 years to this day, all of Yahweh's armies went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be much observed to Yahweh for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. That is the night of Yahweh to be much observed by the children of Israel throughout their generations. Yahweh said to Moses and Aaron, This is the ordinance of the Passover. No foreigner shall eat of it. But every man's servant who is bought for money, when you have circumcised him, then he shall eat. A foreigner and a hired servant shall not eat of it. It must be eaten in one house. You shall not carry any of the meat outside the house. Do not break any of its bones. All the congregation of Israel shall keep it. 
when a stranger lives as a foreigner with you and would like to keep the Passover to Yahweh, let all his males be circumcised and then let him come near and keep it. He shall be as one who is born in the land, but no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. One law shall be to him who is born at home and to the stranger who lives as a foreigner among you. All the children of Israel did so. As Yahweh commanded Moses and Aaron, so they did. That same day Yahweh brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt by their armies. Exodus chapter 13 Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Sanctify to me all the firstborn, whatever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both of man and of animal. It is mine. Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength of hand Yahweh brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. Today you go out in the month of Abib. It shall be when Yahweh brings you into the land of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Hivite and the Jebusite, which he swore to your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and in the seventh day shall be a feast to Yahweh. Unleavened bread shall be eaten throughout the seven days, and no leavened bread shall be seen with you. No yeast shall be seen with you within all your borders. You shall tell your son in that day, saying, It is because of that which Yahweh did for me when I came out of Egypt. It shall be for a sign to you on your hand, and for a memorial between your eyes, that Yahweh's law may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand Yahweh has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. It shall be when Yahweh brings you into the land of Canaan as he swore to you and to your fathers and will give it to you, that you shall set apart to Yahweh all that opens the womb and every firstborn that comes from an animal which you have. The males shall be Yahweh's. Every firstborn of a donkey you shall redeem with a lamb, and if you will not redeem it, then you shall break its neck, and you shall redeem all the firstborn of man according to your sons. It shall be when your son asks you in the time to come, saying, What is this? That you should tell him, By strength of hand Yahweh brought us out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, Yahweh killed all the firstborn in the land of Egypt with the firstborn of man and the firstborn of livestock. Therefore I sacrifice to Yahweh all that opens the womb, being males, but all the firstborn of my sons I redeem. It shall be for a sign on your hand and for symbols between your eyes, for by strength of the hand of Yahweh brought us out of Egypt. When Pharaoh had let the people go, God didn't lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, Lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness, by the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up armed out of the land of Egypt. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had made the children of Israel swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones away from here with you. They took their journey from Succoth and encamped in Etham, in the edge of the wilderness. Yahweh went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, 
that they might go by day and by night, the pillar of the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night, didn't depart from before the people. Exodus chapter 14. Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn back and encamp before Piharoth, between Migdal and the sea, before Baal Zephon. You shall encamp opposite it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, They are entangled in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will follow after them, and I will get honor over Pharaoh and over all his armies, and the Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh. They did so. The king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, and the heart of Pharaoh and of his servants was changed toward the people, and they said, What is this we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? He prepared his chariot and took his army with him, and he took six hundred chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt, with captains over all of them. Yahweh hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. For the children of Israel went out with a high hand. The Egyptians pursued them. All the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen, and his army overtook them encamping by the sea, besides Paharoth, before Baal-Ziphon. When Pharaoh came near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they were very afraid. The children of Israel cried out to Yahweh. They said to Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us out here to die in the wilderness? Why have you treated us this way to bring us out of Egypt? Isn't this the word that we spoke to you in Egypt, saying, Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Moses said to the people, Don't be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of Yahweh which he will work for you today. For you will never again see the Egyptians whom you have seen today. Yahweh will fight for you, and you shall be still. Yahweh said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. Then the children of Israel shall go into the middle of the sea on dry ground. Behold, I myself will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they will go in after them. I will get myself honor over Pharaoh and over all his armies, over his chariots and over his horsemen. The Egyptians shall know that I am Yahweh when I have gotten myself honor over Pharaoh, over his chariots and over his horsemen. The angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them. It came between the camp of Egypt and the camp of Israel. There was the cloud and the darkness, yet it gave light by night. One didn't come near the other all night. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and Yahweh caused the sea to go back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land, and the waters were divided. The children of Israel went into the middle of the sea on the dry ground, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them into the middle of the sea, all of Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. In the morning watch, Yahweh looked out on the Egyptian army through the pillar of fire and of cloud and confused the Egyptian army. 
He took off their chariot wheels, and they drove them heavily, so that the Egyptians said, Let's flee from the face of Yahweh, for Yahweh fights for them against the Egyptians. Yahweh said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the waters may come again on the Egyptians, on their chariots, and on their horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its strength when the morning appeared, and the Egyptians fled against it. Yahweh overthrew the Egyptians in the middle of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen, even all Pharaoh's army that went in after them into the sea. There remained not so much as one of them. But the children of Israel walked on dry land in the middle of the sea, and the waters were a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus Yahweh saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work which Yahweh did to the Egyptians, and the people feared Yahweh, and they believed in Yahweh and his servant Moses. Gracious and eternal God, we give you thanks for this day, the start of a new week. Lord, continue to bless us as we build this holy habit of exploring your word to find truth and to find your direction. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, friends, so on last Friday, we wrapped up our readings, and it ended with Exodus chapter 11, with the reiteration from God about the final plague that was coming for Pharaoh and the people of Egypt, and that is the plague of the firstborn, that God would come through the place and strike down every firstborn male and every firstborn uh, piece of livestock that was in Egypt. In Exodus chapter 12, God enlightens Moses that this night will be one to remember. In fact, he tells them that they are to keep this as a high holy day for as long as time exists. And this is what we come to know as the Feast of Unleavened Bread or Passover. God then gives the instructions on how this is to be celebrated. The first stipulation is that they are to take a lamb, a baby sheep, or a baby goat, known as a kid, without any blemishes on it. So an unblemished lamb or kid. And they are to sacrifice this lamb and sprinkle the blood on the doorposts and the lintel. That is the top part of the door. And then it says you are to eat the food. Right, So that lamb or that kid that you sacrificed, you're to prepare it in a certain way. We see that they are to be grilled. uh, And that they are supposed to eat this meal with haste. Turns out that they will be eating bread without yeast because there's going to be no time to let the dough rise. At midnight that night, God is going to do the thing, so they need to be ready. Wear your belts, have your your staff in your hand, your walking stick, so that you are ready to haul out of Egypt because God is going to do this great thing of striking down the firstborn. Now, I wanted to delve into a little bit about the significance of the blood. Let's check out verse 13 here. It says, The blood shall be to you for a token, that is a sign, on on the houses where you are. When I see the blood... I will pass over you. This is where we get the the word or the name of the holiday, Passover. When I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So because of the blood that is sprinkled, 
God will pass over Israel and spare them. This is very symbolic of the blood that Jesus would shed so that our sins could be covered and that we might be rescued from death. Jesus is the perfect Passover lamb, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. So the Israelites, they did as they were commanded by Moses. And at midnight, Yahweh was a God of his word, and he struck down all the firstborn males of the people and of the livestock. And there was great wailing in the land, right? They gave the warning to Pharaoh that this would happen, and now it has happened. So what happens is Pharaoh sends them away. Go, get out of here. And the people leave with haste. But it says that the heart of Pharaoh was hardened further so that he regretted letting them go, and he pursues after them with his armies. Now, there is a significance of the Last Supper as it pertains to the Passover. That's the meal that Jesus and his disciples gathered for, that Last Supper in the upper room. And they enjoyed a typical Seder meal, which is what you're supposed to do on the Passover. And during this meal, often there are questions asked, you know, what's the significance of this meal? And then there's the explanation. But Jesus did something new that night for him and his disciples. And he was instituting a holy meal that we refer to as Holy Communion or the Eucharist, which means Thanksgiving. And Jesus took bread and he gave thanks. He broke it and he gave it to them and said, take eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So like the Passover meal, we are to do this for the rest of time until Jesus returns because we are enjoying his presence and we are remembering what God was about to do through Jesus, his only son, so that we might have forgiveness of sins through his shed blood. And likewise, he took that cup, right? And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant that is in my blood, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. And as the story goes, later that evening after the meal, they left and Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And it was here that Judas hands Jesus over into the hands of the Roman leaders and the Jewish leaders. And then a trial quickly happens over the next several hours and Jesus winds up crucified and dead by midday the next day. I say this because there's some significance here as it pertains to Exodus chapter 12 with the stipulation uh, for preparing and eating the meal, that there should be no breaking of any bones. Don't break any of the bones. That's in verse 46 of chapter 12. After Jesus was crucified, it was getting late in the day, and the Jewish leaders didn't want the bodies hanging on the cross because it was the day of the preparation for Sabbath. So there was an order to send out the guards to break the legs of those who were crucified. This was done so that they would die more quickly. They would suffocate quicker because they couldn't support their weight. Jesus, when they went out there, he was already dead and his bones were not broken. It's amazing how perfectly God keeps his word, even here when it's preparing the Passover lamb for our sins. 
In Exodus chapter 13, we see that God is calling the people of Israel now to consecrate to him every firstborn of humans, man and woman, and also of the livestock. And this has its bearings, obviously, back to the Passover when the plague was uh, executed. All of the firstborns were struck down. So now the firstborns must be consecrated to God. Now, especially if you know the story of Christmas, you know that after Jesus was born, he was brought into the temple by Mary and Joseph to consecrate him to the Lord. And to do that, there is to be a sacrifice of a lamb. But in their case, because they were of more meager status, poor, they sacrificed two turtle doves, which became a stipulation and a provision for those who were poor. After this, we see that it jumps back into the story of the exodus of the people from Egypt. And now we're at the threshold of the Red Sea, where the people are about to cross through it on dry land so that they might be spared. Now, it says that God was leading the people. He was leading them by smoke or a cloud by day and a fire by night. This is a, an amazing picture of God's holiness God's mysteriousness, and his power. We'll see the same theme kind of happening later on in the New Testament when Jesus goes up with James and John and Peter onto the mountain and he becomes transfigured. God comes down in smoke. We'll also see that the smoke and the fire happen again when Moses meets God on Mount Sinai soon after this particular story. So the symbols will continue to carry out throughout our scripture. Well, anyway, God leads them through the Red Sea. Moses raises the staff over the Red Sea and it separates. God sends that fierce wind to push the water back. They cross over. And because Pharaoh's heart was hardened, he sent his troops into the midst of the Red Sea to follow them, at which point God was able to pull back the waters on top of them and to extinguish the threat more thoroughly. It's here, friends, that we see that God is a God of his promise and that what he says he'll do, he will do. And finally, our friends, the Israelites, are rescued from exile. They are rescued from captivity and will now be on a journey towards the promised land that was promised through their, through their patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Well, friends, that is it for today. I hope that you are enjoying this Bible in a Year reading program and that as you read it and as you listen to these podcasts, that you are gaining new insights, new understanding, and that you are drawing closer to God because of it. Continue to press on. I'm praying for you. I hope that you're praying for me and everyone else on this journey. Let's continue to encourage one another. And again, I hope that you would enjoy joining us on the Facebook page and sharing any questions and insights that you might have so that we can continue to learn from each other. That's it for now, friends. Have a very blessed day.